Hi, and welcome to episode 8 of the TWM Real Estate Podcast. And given the time of year, we're bringing a slight religious theme to the podcast and also talking to someone who grows Christmas trees, but all of that will be revealed shortly. On the podcast today, I'm joined by my partner in crime and co-owner of TWM, Michelle Jackson. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks, John. And also today, for the first time, we have a guest joining by Remote Link. This guest is John Weir, who's head of real estate for the Church Commissioners for England. Uh, So welcome, John. Morning, both. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for joining us. I know yourself and Michelle go back a long way and have uh, soldiered together for many years. And I'm sure there are plenty of stories that we could use, but that would be probably for a different type of podcast. Um, But maybe, John, you might first just fill us in on how you started in property, your background, and maybe even um, how you came to know Michelle. Yeah, of course. And just to say, it's great to be here with you both this morning. So thanks very much for the opportunity. Yeah, so my career in property began back in 1994 when I left Belfast and I went to Reading and having done my degree at Reading I went to Knight Frank where I met Michelle and we were both on the graduate training scheme there for a number of years and um, yeah as you say there's a lot of stories there but um, we haven't got time for more this morning and then after that I actually went to work for Knight Frank in Madrid for a number of years I was given that opportunity which was really fascinating And then I came back and I worked in the north of England for about 10 years in Manchester and Leeds. And I uh, worked principally in planning and development. And then in about 2012, I went to work for the church commissioners. And I've been there since then. Uh, I was in a previous role as head of strategic land. And about four years ago, I took on this role. And so, Michelle, you 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 were in Reading, was it as well? No, I was in Oxford Brooks. And as John said, we both started in London in Hanover Square on the Knight Frank graduate programme. And I was actually commenting to Sean earlier, John, I was thinking about sort of remote working and younger people in that. And, you know, let's just call it more than 20 years ago. And, you know, the relationships and the kind of professional links and everything that we all bonded over, maybe formed relationships with in that sort of, uh, you know, working in the office together, having lunch together, having a few beers after work. You know, they've lasted a a professional lifetime, I would say, you know, for the I think there was 12 of us in the group. We've all ended up in different places, um, which was yeah, it's a very a, it's, positive experience. It's amazing because, um, again, we, myself and Michelle, were chatting on the way here today and we're saying about how, unfortunately, with COVID and remote working, a lot of that kind of connections that you build up in your younger years are, are, are lost a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And actually, perhaps I'm getting a bit old, but we we're having this debate about, you know, returning to the office and what have you. And, you know, it just it just occurred to me that one of the things that benefits people working in an office at the start of their career is not I mean obviously it's working out what they they should be doing but equally I think you know Michelle I think you'd agree that you also got to see what you shouldn't be doing sometimes by watching other people have a strip (laughs) taken off them Um, you know so so I actually think it it, it, you know by osmosis you know you would sort of clock the way of the working world but anyway yeah yeah Mm. I suppose that's a that's a little bit of an aside but the church commissioners of England what is that for those of us here that don't really know yeah, and I guess you know what I'm going to say is is coming from a, obviously from a fairly sort of UK um, centric perspective, but the, the Church Commissioners for England are you know an historic part of the overall um, Church of England, and we are many things. In fact, you know we have a statutory function, but we are also the closed endowment fund for um, for the Church for the wider Church of England. So you know we have a, we have a fund um, which is. Uh, worth circa 10 billion pounds and we distribute funds to 
the church at large across England in order that it can continue and promote you know missional activity within communities and um, the commissioners were you know they're long established you know we, we've grown out of successor bodies um, the current organization you know emerged just after the second world war but we've been around for a very very long time and I guess on the on the real asset side as you would expect we therefore have still got a number of 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 assets which which we've owned for in some cases literally centuries mm. and, and and what exactly is is what's your role in within the organization yeah so head, of, head of real estate but but what what does that what entail? do i do yeah <laughs> yeah exactly what do i actually do yeah. um yeah very good question that um, i i i'm responsible for a team of uh about 20 professionals, uh, property professionals, and we're engaged in fund management, basically, fund and asset management. And we have a really diverse, you know, range of exposures. So, you know, yes, we have standard institutional commercial and a, and a portfolio of, of that, but we also have assets which, um, you, you, you know, you probably wouldn't necessarily um, come across on a daily basis. So, for example, we've got a significant exposure to land the overall portfolio, the real estate or real assets portfolio, because we have infrastructure investments as well, um, makes up about 25% of the overall fund. So it's a large part of the illiquid budget. And, you know, we have 60% of that in land of some sh- shape or form. Um, farmland, um, so we have about 85,000 acres of English farmland, which is let to... Um, our, our, our tenants, our tenant farmers who farm the land, and we have a strategic land portfolio, which is effectively a development land portfolio, where we are bringing forward, um, you know, significant and substantial planning applications for new communities across England, residential predominantly. Uh, we have a timberland portfolio or forestry portfolio, which is again roughly the same size as the farmland portfolio. Hence the, um, hence the reference to Christmas trees. Hence the reference <laughs> to Christmas trees. That's right. <laughs> And it's broadly concentrated in lowland Scotland and partially in Wales and also in Ireland, of course, where where you guys have been giving us some advice and helping us and in the southern states of the US, um, principally in terms of um, overseas activity in Timberland. So, you know, a huge and substantial land component. And, you know, therein we have we actually have a very large and significant responsibility in the way in which we invest because you know all of this land touches other people's lives in, in, in many ways maybe that's something we'll come on to talk about in relation to sustainability but i mentioned we've got commercial portfolio and we also have a large uh, residential portfolio so you know between marble arch in london and paddington station for those listeners who are familiar um we have about 90 acres called the hyde park estate which has been in continuous church ownership since i'm going to say uh, i think it's the 12th century um the commissioners have owned it since um about 1850 or certainly the, the mid-victorian period and that's residential with some you know a, a commercial heart a commercial core called connaught village um and then we also have an infrastructure portfolio which is funds based in which i mentioned um and is really focused on value add opportunities seeking to you know capitalize on on the climate transition so what, so what would be in, what would be involved in the infrastructure portfolio for example well um it's 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 80 percent of it is invested in us funds and they are as i said it's value add so it's it's at the developmental end and we're seeking so we're seeking 
you know, we're seeking higher returns and therefore taking higher levels of risk. And it's effectively engaging in with fund manager managers who are bringing forward wind or solar ventures, okay. as I said, predominantly in the US, but also in Europe. And in fact, um, we do have investment um, with a fund in, in Ireland who are doing that. Yeah, you mentioned a few different continents there. Like it's not just the UK that you, you invest in, because I know you've been traveling quite a lot recently and into other parts of the globe. So you, yeah, you mentioned I mean, the US, I mean, where, where else would you have assets? We've got assets. We've got. We've actually got forestry in Australia as well. Um, so, but predominantly the US. You know, we're we're as a fund, not 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 necessarily real estate, but as in, in terms of our strategy, you know, we are globally unconstrained, and you know, it's 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 a closed endowment. So you know, we make the most of what we have, and we recycle um, in order to meet our distributions, which means, of course, we don't have new net inflows, which means. Equally, that we can be incredibly disciplined about when to invest and, in fact, when not to invest. Yeah, that's one of the questions we're going to ask is where does your investment monies come from? So it's it's just recycling. And yeah, income. it's yeah. it's it, it, it's delivering a return based on our, our minimum requirement, actuarial requirements. And, and John, know. sorry, can I just ask, what are those in terms of how do you, how do you sort of measure how your performance? And I know you've mentioned things like sustainability, and it sounds like there's maybe other social, um, strategic uh, drivers as well. How, how do you measure success? Yeah, I mean, we are our absolute priority is to, is to continue to to grow the fund, but obviously we need to do that in a sustainable way. So it's not just it's not just the what, it's the how. How do we go about that? So just to unpack that a bit. Effectively, we're talking about needing to deliver um, inflation plus four um, percent over the long term. So, you know, on, on on the quantitative side, that's clear. That's what we need to do. But how do we go about that, Michelle? To your question, um, the one thing that, of course, real estate does is, as I said earlier, it it impacts and touches on on people's lives. They can sort of feel it and see it and. You know they can see our activity and and, and they want um, quite rightly to be able to comment on that and understand what it is that we're doing and why so you know i guess over the last three or four years we've put an awful lot of resource and effort into understanding how we're investing for example in farmland or strategic land or timberland and if, if you want to you know or, or any listener wants to have a look at our linkedin page which is church commissioners hyphen real estate you'll be able to see the sorts of things that we are doing. But in effect, we are passionate about what we call and others call real world change. So we're trying to identify areas where we can you know, identify an issue, whether that's carbon in farming and trying to address our, our overall levels of, of, of carbon within, within farming, because that's obviously a significant issue within that sector, and come up with you know, real world examples of how we are going about addressing that and and in some ways it's easier than others for so for example we don't farm directly we farm you know with and in collaboration with our tenants many of whom are you know best in class in relation to what they're doing from an environmental perspective and we want to learn from them and we want to transport that knowledge around england um, in the hope that we can you know improve the environmental sustainability of all of our assets so that's just within farmland I could go on and talk mm. to you about what we're doing from a development point of view and, and, and the communities that we're creating and, you know, how we're seeking to influence the house building industry in relation to the sustainability of the housing products, for the want of a better term, um, that, that they are producing. Um, 
it's vast. It's a vast terrain, and it, and, it, and there's a huge amount of work. And it's a vast terrain for the entire industry. But as I say, we come back to the central point, which is that we want to be able to demonstrate real, real world change within what is a very diverse and and uh, well, it's a, it's a very diverse portfolio with a huge amount of depth. Mm. I suppose obviously sustainability is is extremely important at the moment in terms of your strategy. But you did mention assets that you've that have been held for hundreds of years. So obviously. You have a strategy now and you've, I suppose, what is the strategy now and how has that changed, I suppose, over the years? Yeah, I guess, you know, the world is a very different place to, the world has been a very different place over the last five years than the preceding five years, you know, certainly within a UK context, but but elsewhere. You know, we've seen real, real headwinds and challenges within, for example, commercial property, both in terms of um, UK macroeconomic headwinds. Um, but also sectoral, and that's not peculiar to the UK. You know, that's um, you know, you know the, the the issues around retail and, of course, the office markets. And you only have to look at the US at the moment, you, you know, to see that that's not 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 limited. So, you know, we've we, you know, we've had a good look at, at that, and actually, we were very um, fortunate, um, you know, in that we you know we took profits in in, in that area and have, con- have continued to take profits in that in that area. But I think. There are going to be opportunities, I think, particularly next year within that sector. So I guess our overriding fund strategy is to remain diverse, you know, to, to encourage that. I think we're as diverse as we wish to be within within real assets. I don't think, you know, you know, we're 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 at or about um, our strategic asset allocation um, in most of our buckets, if you like, within those which I I, I mentioned earlier. Um, the only area where I think you know we've got some some headroom to do more is in is in infrastructure and um so you know we continue to look at opportunities there but we're fairly heavily invested elsewhere but you know we continue to rebalance you know i mean you know you we we have owned a lot of assets for a very long time but this is a a living breathing fund which has to um which has to be able to demonstrate that 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 everything in it is 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 earning its place, and so you know we've rebalanced out of out of assets because we we really just think that you know that the commissioners have taken as much as is as they're going to be able to out of a particular asset, and it's time to you know to to to, to reinvest the capital elsewhere, and that might be within real assets, or it might be within private markets more generally, or it might be in public markets. You know we're you know we're we're, we're, we're you know we're, we're incredibly disciplined about that. And I suppose it's your timeline, I suppose, for investment would be very different from maybe other fund managers where they, you know, they, they're they more short term focused. Presumably uh, you're a bit longer term focused. Are you, you, you? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, yes, we are, I guess, in relation to, I mean, so, 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 you know, if you take something which is comparatively liquid, um, like commercial property, you know, you can you can you can buy, um, I don't know, a retail park and um, you can have a. An, an asset plan and you know you're going to execute execute on that plan and subject to the market not doing something horrendous which unfortunately within the uk it's been a rather volatile period to execute on a on, on a plan like that in recent years um you know you can you can determine when roughly when you're going to do your work and exit and hopefully take a profit it's a bit different with some of our other assets so for example um farmland our farmland um, portfolio is just owing to the, the the nature of it and how tenancies work within that sector, it's rather esoteric, but it's highly reversionary. And so you could be you could, we're talking generations here in terms of 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 unlocking some of those reversions. And so yeah, we've got to take a much longer time horizon. And of course, you know the the strategic land portfolio and the farmland portfolio are effectively one and the same. And so you know you can then find that land 
you know, which you've owned for a long time um, has been allocated in a plan for development. And then you take that forward and we work with partner with developers, et cetera. So it's a little bit more involved, I guess, than sort of a mainstream institutional approach, given just given the, the nature of the assets. Yeah. And I suppose one, like one of the things is you hold quite a lot of forestry. And Michelle, we're seeing, I think, more people looking at how forestry is included in portfolios from a sustainability point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly the the sort of traditional um, mix of institutional investors in property, which might have been the, the kind of office retail industrial and maybe more recently uh, residential, you know, that's that's cracked open for sure. Um, and I think investors are looking for whether it's a social fund or essential real estate or sustainability and forestry is definitely um, something we see as sort of a big, a big growth area in terms of demand, interest. Uh, actually, one of the challenges in Ireland is just people actually not being able to get their hands on enough scale. I think um, that's probably slightly different. John, typical holdings in the UK, I think, are, are significantly larger. And I just had a question about that uh, sort of in terms of your tenants and leases and farms and, uh, you know, you're they're long, very long term tenants. John, are they in the residential yeah. and the farming? Yeah. In, particularly in farming, because, um, again, as I said earlier, it's a it's a it's a bit esoteric, but you know, essentially, after the Second World War, um, the government rewarded the farming community for the for the war effort by by granting um, secure tenancies, and in the same way, we had um, you know secure residential tenancies as, as well. So those those tenancies, in a farmland perspective, allow for a number of successions. So you know, we've had um, you know, we, we we have, and we you know we continue to enjoy um, relationships with some families for you know well over a century, sometimes two. Um, and and are there challenges yeah. with that, John? Just in terms of you know you're you're particularly the entity that you are, and if you've I don't know whether it's rent collection, residential or farms, you know how does that you know um, are there we challenges we, around that? Yeah, no, we don't have we don't really have challenges around it because the secure nature of a of a of a, of, a, of a farm tenancy is such that um, you know in order to maintain the tenancy, rent must be paid. Bluntly, there's a risk to the tenancy if, if rent is not paid, and and obviously, therefore, there's a there's an imperative on behalf of of of, of all parties to to work with the agreement um, because it maintains the the tenancy, and these tenancies are generally let at a fair rent rather right. than a market rent. So you know that 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 assists. But you know what I would say is absolutely not in terms of any issue. You know we work very very closely with with our tenants. I think. That is a change for us. If you'd asked me that question five years ago, you know, I don't think we had the capacity to, but we have built capacity in the last two, three years to enable us to, you know, from within Church House in Westminster, to be out in the field, literally. Yes, we have agents. Um, yes, we employ agents, just given the, the scale of, of it, you couldn't possibly do everything in-house. But, you know, my team, my farmland team, you know, my timberland team, my strategic land team, you know, etc. The High Park Estate team—they are out, they are in the field, and they are engaging, and that's really important for us. That's that's incredibly important, and we want to do much more of that even moving forwards. But it is a vast, it's a vast terrain, as I've said, you know, previously to keep on top of. But it's just really, really important to us. And a fair rent versus a market rent is a is a is a significant reduction, is it? In terms of there's a. Yeah, I'd have to check, yeah. Michelle. I'm not sure yeah. what the what the metrics are, but it is, you know, it, it was designed, you know, um, by 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 um, by government, you know, at, at the time to to give um, the farming community security of tenure and to and to, and to thank them and reward them. And um, you know, 
you know, we, we, to this day, we continue to work, um, you know, and, 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 and sometimes things change. Sometimes we have farmers who say, well, look, I'm coming up to retirement. Um, you know, my, my daughter isn't interested or my son isn't interested in, in farming, you know, can we have a discussion? So look, we're in, we're in a whole range of di- dialogues with, with, with our tenants. I like Not the just... way, I like the way you did the daughter there first, John. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Well, that's very important <laughs> yeah, yeah. because increasing, I mean, ironically, you know, you know, increasingly we're, we're, we're actually seeing, um, you, you know, more women, which is, which is great, um, you know, succeeding um, to tenancies, which is, I think, the, the, the technical way to put it. But so, no, we, you know, our door is open and we have, you know, um, we have these these conversations all the time. And in, ter- in terms of Ireland, is, is, it, is the Irish part of the portfolio quite small or is, you know, do, would you yeah. look at it in more uh, going forward again or how's your, how's your thoughts? I know Michelle is advising you. Trying yeah. to get his Ireland jersey on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, I always like a trip home, you know. Um, I think, uh, well, a couple of things there. One, um, we made a significant foray, if you like, into southern Scotland from about 2011 onwards. You know, we've got 80-odd thousand um, acres of um, timberland from a, from a standing start, um, y- you know, 13 years ago. So, you know, it was quite a... And we were, we were fortunate because we were able to acquire at scale and we were able to acquire at scale in the in the early days before actually the points that Michelle made earlier had really started to filter mm-hmm. into other people's minds and and the, and the whole sustainability agenda i think it'd be fair to say back in 2011 wasn't wasn't nearly as enhanced yeah. as 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 enhanced as it is today i should say um so then we thought well what about ireland so we went to ireland and we bought um, some forestry but again Michelle to your point we couldn't really get scale mm. you know very very hard to scale up and the second point I was going to make was we equally we looked at acquiring some development land in in Ireland and um, again very very hard to, to look at buying farms of scale um, you know that's 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 what we th- that's what we found you know we could we could acquire but actually we'd end up with um, some land on another landmass that, from a management point of view, would be you, you know, would be challenging and, and what have you. Um, so it's 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 the scale issue, I guess. Yeah. In in terms of looking forward and and and, and the future, like I suppose, like we said, your your strategy continually changes to adapt to what's going on in the world. But what are your thoughts on some of the trends coming through uh, for the future? Uh, well, look, um, I think for everybody. 2023 has been a, a bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, that said, I come back to the point about diversification. You know, we are fortunate, very, very fortunate that we are invested in um, sectors with, I guess, comparatively high barriers to entry, um, where it's very, very hard to scale up from a standing start, and where um, there are, um, you know, there, historically there have been low levels of correlation between the performance of of of, of some of our assets. So if you take something like farmland in England, you know it's it's more akin to gold, um, you, you know, than than the public markets. So we get we get we get the bits of the orchestra operating um, as they should, you know. And in any given year, if, if part of the orchestra is down, um, something else is up, and, and and so the system is 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 to an extent balancing itself out as, as best it can. So, you know, our strategy doesn't really change. Um, Year on year, we've we've added to it. We added Timberland in 2011. You know, we added infrastructure um, a couple of years after that. Um, but we will always, um, you know, underwrite and re-underwrite, and we're continuously re-underwriting, um, you know, assets that we've owned for forever. 
um, to make sure that they continue to perform. And yeah, if, if the world changes and there's um, huge amounts of value that we can identify um, next year, then we will take a, a good hard look at that because as I said, we're not, we're, we're globally unconstrained and, you know, we're not under pressure to, you know, invest for the sake of investing. Yeah, and I suppose like like we'd, we'd be of the view, I think, Michelle, that there, there should be plenty of opportunities next year. It's a bit like, you know, these, these cycles come and go, but it looks as though a, a, a cycle of value is coming through now. Yeah, for sure, particularly for cash buyers. Um, yeah. I think that that's that's where there's a competitive edge. Yeah, and we've, we found that historically as, you know, being ourselves, um, you know, all, all cash buyers. Um, I think the only other area I, I would mention is in relation to it, it particularly in England, um, you know, and, and it is an issue. It is an issue in Ireland and it is an issue, you know, worldwide um, is housing and, you know, a real um, supply issue. Um, we've had three years of hiatus here in England in relation to planning policy. Um, you know, it's we've we've got a we've got a significant amount of land that that is suitable for um housing development and so and 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 and, and not just housing development but the creation of some some quite substantial new communities um you know mixed use communities and i think for the commissioners that is a real um a real strength um both from a social point of view i was going to ask is but, social, yeah. also, social housing but, be a focus or is it just yeah no no absolutely but also but also in terms of a, an area which is again you know, effectively uncorrelated, you know, plan, planning activity um, to generate um, returns, um, you know, is, is, you know, completely different to, you know, for example, what goes on in the public market. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great way of providing that differentiation. I mean, yes, uh, to answer your question, um, affordable housing is absolutely part and parcel. So we're working on, you know, just to give you an idea of some, some idea of scale, we've got about 70 development sites at the moment. Um, you know, we, we could deliver if we got planning permission on everything tomorrow. We could deliver about um, forty thousand houses. Um, so, and behind that, we've got another portfolio which is a little bit less mature, which could deliver about fifty thousand houses. So, we've got an, an enormous amount to contribute to the, the housing debate. And an existing um, stock, John. How many units have you? Uh, we have about, um, I would say, about. Um, Three thousand. No, they're let on, in, and they're predominantly in London. Yeah. Um, no, they're let on. They're let on a variety of different leases, from from sort of secure tenancies that we talked about to you know ASTs or assured shorthold tenancies, right through to you know long, 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 long leases. But um, yeah, so we do have a large residential um, exposure. And the development sites. The plan is that you get them through planning, you build the units, and then you hold them. Not quite. Yeah. Um, we're not a developer, yeah. um, okay. and we know our limitations. Yeah. Um, what we do is we work with local authorities to identify. Um, many of these local authorities we've we've actually delivered with and for over over many decades um, because of the scale of the land holdings. Um, so we work with the local authority. Um, we identify where where they would what they what they would like. We make representations like anyone else, um, and we we promote sites. And within development plans and then having got a, an allocation um, or I guess some folk might call it a zoning but we call it an allocation in a plan we then make a planning application and then to your point Michelle um, at that point we would either um, partner on a long-term basis so we've got a couple of examples where we're partnering for example with Crest um, on a development in Ashford and um, we'll grant them a build license they will build the they will build the community, and um, you know we will we will we will share um, throughout the lifetime of, of 
of the development um, and or we will um, sell land at that point with with a planning permission to you know to, to a developer um, but again very very careful when we do that to make sure that we understand what is going to happen with mm. that land after the fact and is that just uk focused john is that something you would consider in ireland well again back to, we, we we did yeah. look yeah i know we i know yeah, <laughs> yeah we couldn't i mean I think there's a good saying, you know, about sticking to your knitting. Mm. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. we're 20 people and we're looking after that range. No, we're not. We're we're obviously um, ably assisted by fantastic, you know, agents and <laughs> um, ologists <laughs> and planning consultants and a legal team, etc. Um, but you know, you, you you can roll your pastry so thin sometimes it holds a pear, and you know that is the last thing you want to be doing. You need to, you know, you need to be making sure that that doesn't happen. And you know, we have, uh, we probably have, I would say, one of the largest institutional strategic land portfolios in in the UK. So I think we've enough to be to be getting on with um, in a market where, you know, there's a desperate need for you know for new communities and, and new homes. Great. I'm just conscious of time. Like we're, yeah. you know, time goes quickly when you're on these podcasts. We could talk. We could Very talk good. forever. It's been extremely uh, insightful, interesting. It's a completely different uh, market or type of investment that we're, yeah. we're that we're used to. But uh, I think we've covered most of yeah, what yeah, we wanted to. As you say, it yeah. is very interesting, and we don't have that dynamic yeah. or entity. I think in the Irish market. Yeah. yeah. So look, thanks. I know we 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 had our Christmas. Hopefully, the the listeners <laughs> won't have noticed, but we had a Christmas party last night. Uh, I know you had your. John so thank you very much for not taking a, the time yeah. uh, just to say I've really greatly enjoyed it and it's been great to connect and um, yeah thank you we, very much indeed not at all and we look forward to seeing you over here um, and work and working with you in 2024 I'll be over in 24 don't worry great John <laughs> thank, thank you, you very you. much Thanks, John. John. Thank you. Thank all you. the best bye. bye you can find out more about TWM on twmproperty.ie and this podcast and future episodes will be available on our website. Uh, You can also listen wherever you find your podcasts. And we'll see you in the next one.